us go to God in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being a risen Savior. We thank you, Lord, for just your power and your might that you anointed and appointed such a time as this, Lord. We thank you for atoning for our sins. We thank you for staying on the cross when you didn't have to, Lord. But we're just grateful for this day that represents the third day where you rose from the dead. And, Lord, we're just saying thank you in advance. Lord, we're just praising God for the word that's coming forth. Loose me and put me behind the cross, Father God, that I may be your servant at this hour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. To the ushers that have been on the floor, we thank you. For Miss Allen, girl, you wearing that hat. I mean, I couldn't get hardly past the messages for the hat. I'm going to grow up one day and I'll be able to get me a hat. Amen. Dr. Finney, thank you for being with me both at sunrise and now, Miss Marietta and the Mass Choir, thank you for being with us at both services. Janetta Scott, who went the extra mile all week, she was at the earlier service. Mr. Cheatham, thank you for opening up this morning at 5.30 and then coming back again. And Miss Patterson, Miss Neal, all those who did the extra things today to make worship greater than ever. Amen? I just can't say enough about how good it is to be in the house of the Lord with a family that can work together and pray together. And, you know, a couple of times I've gone in the kitchen and I said, well, it sounds like a house I've been in before. They'd be just, but it still works out all right, amen, because, you know, you know it's when it's that many brilliant cooks in the same place, sometimes you don't cook the grits the same exact way, but thanks be to God the grits get cooked. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about what has happened in the gospel message and just who's involved in the whole experience. If I were to say to you in the book of John, what happened that morning? You'd have to say a lot of things happened that morning. What I'd say to you, it happened early in the morning. It didn't happen in the late hour. It happened early on the day. And then I would say to you, what in the world was Mary looking for Jesus in the tomb? Did she not believe what he had said? Better yet, did she miss the message? Or was she just being dutiful? Or was she being doubtful? For you see, the gospel of John tends to stretch us a different way than Matthew, Mark, and Luke because it has some details that other passages don't have. So the message this morning is simply titled, Seeing is Believing. Seeing is Believing. If Mary were going to a tomb at the 21st century level, she may come with her equipment, because you have to understand Mary in the 21st century didn't want to get caught without her equipment. For you see, she probably called somebody on her cell phone. Girl, I'm going to the top of the hill. Um, yeah, that's right. I, I, they said he was supposed to raise the day, and I, I don't want to be late. I, 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 yeah, yeah, get back with me. Oh, it's been raining. Oh, girl, I'm so glad I carried my boots. I got my boots ready. They can cover anything. They got my Easter bunny covering on them and everything. I'm going on to the top of the hill. Because you see, um, 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to raise today. And um, I'm being dutiful. I told you I'm being dutiful. It's not that I don't believe he's going to raise, but, you know, let's do what we're supposed to do. Okay, I'll get back with you. I'll get back with you. And she gets to the top of the hill, and uh, she says, well, I see this cloth hanging around. Somebody else has been up here with the same kind of boots. Huh. I, 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 I guess they called it on sale too, hey, but, you know. But she gets to the cross. And, 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 and what happens when she gets to the cross? The whereabouts of Jesus are simply unknown. I mean, and, and you know she gets back on 21st century girl. She, she made even text mess. This, this phone don't have text mess. You know, Mary wasn't as up-to-date as you might think she was. But, you know, she may get back on the phone and say, oh, can he? Yeah, I'm at, I'm at the tomb. He ain't here. And so she realizes right there in verse 2 that Jesus' whereabouts are unknown. But Mary, just like a strong woman, and, and like I said earlier in the uh, 537, nothing against the brothers. But Jesus gave a job through the angels to somebody who could carry the message. Brothers carry the message in a different way, but if you want to get some out fast, call a sister. Call a sister with three-way, and she'll call another sister with three-way, and a third sister with three-way, and you'll be on nine-way, and it'll be out. You know it's true. It's not like we gossip and we just getting the word out. And I mean, you know, she got right on the horn, and she gets in touch with Simon Peter, and Simon Peter and the beloved one, they go running up to the hill. They didn't have boots because they figured, you know, dirt is all right with them. See, see, brothers view dirt different than sisters do. They just went right on up the hill, no problem. They didn't care what they had on their feet. They just went on up there. And they went running simply to do what they do best. Sisters spread the message well, and brothers investigate the truth well. Can I hear an amen from the brothers? Y'all know y'all can get to the details, bam. Put on the fix-it, get that duct tape out. Y'all on it. The solution is done. If you want something done quick, fast, and get it done, call a brother. If you want the message passed, call a sister. Well, in this case, both brother and sister were represented because, see, Mary saw the experience first and made a few cell phone calls and said, hang here. And then Peter and the Beloved disciple, if you look through uh, verses 3 and 7, they did the investigation. But they discovered the same thing. Jesus ain't here. Jesus is not here. But, but you know, it was interesting because they realized he wasn't there. They saw the burial clothes. They didn't see Jesus. And what did the brothers do? It says they went back home in verse 10. They went to their home. Another thing that sisters and brothers do different, brothers grieve one way and sisters grieve another way. I mean, a, a sister fall right down and, 
went home to talk about it. They investigated, they got the details, and then they went on back home. We're going to talk about this. We're going to come into our cave where we're familiar. We ain't familiar with the tomb. We ain't going to hang out up there on the hill. We're going to our house, okay? And we will get together. They didn't pick up any cell phone. They weren't calling nobody. They went to their home. Mary hung out there at the spot. <laughs> or doubtful. At that moment, she was upset. This is to get emotional. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, brother, but she said cry on you. And it might be a good thing because I heard sisters will collect that insurance money at the end. Statistically, we still living a little longer. So maybe that immediate cry does something. <laughs> they got to get it out. Mary got emotional from verses 11 to 16. She really got emotional about this thing. She said, my God, my God, Jesus ain't here. I'm upset. And she stood outside of the tomb weeping. But even though she was weeping and she was upset, she was still cognizant. She could still see that there were some folks around her. Because see, Simon Peter and the other beloved disciple, they had already gone home. But it wasn't empty up there at the tomb. Two angels came down and, and sat where Jesus' body was. So you have to say, Mary up there crying. She shook up, emotional. The brothers had left the hill. And bam, two angels jump out from somewhere. They just come down. I mean, can you imagine that you are upset, thinking you all by yourself? And two angels rolling on you. And then they tell her, and they not love joy with it. You know what I'm saying? They don't say, oh, so sorry, Mary. Oh, I feel for you, Mary. They say, woman, woman, why are you crying? It's not a pity party. It's not I'm mad with the world. Are you dutiful or are you doubtful? If you say you believe in a risen Savior, if you say that you are that you say that you are, why? Are you up here looking for a Savior that told you he was going to raise on the third day? Woman, why are you crying? Now, you know good well. Those angels must have knew her well because she up there emotional. And the angels call her by a sister girl name. Woman, woman, why are you up here crying? Everybody can't call me woman. You got to be tight with me and say, girl, woman. I mean, you know, you need to know me. Because obviously the angels knew me. This wasn't the first visit, but I didn't get, you know, I checked the text and I really couldn't find out when they had visited her before. But 
Obviously, if they called her woman, the angels knew her. But the odd thing about it, as the scripture unfolds, it's more than just angels up there. It's more than just angels up there. Because when you get to verse 16, Jesus goes from woman to man. Jesus said in verse 16, Mary. And she turned and cried out in Aramaic, the word that means teacher. So it had got familiar. So the very person she was looking for was found, but he was no longer there. Was she doubtful or was she beautiful? Remember, the sermon title is Seeing is Believing. So at this point, she moved from an unbelief moment, a doubtful moment, a challenging moment, to really the fact that she said, oh, she didn't call my name. And I looked at her, and he said, she said, rather, teacher, teacher. But Jesus simply gave her an instruction. Look, don't hold on to me. I haven't yet ascended. I haven't finished my work. I still have things I need to do so I can be who God is calling me to be at this time. I can raise and do the things that I have promised you that I would do. Don't doubt now. Believe in who I am. And it's funny, right at that point, you don't hear about any more tears. You don't hear about any more crying and weeping. Because Mary then, in verse 17 and 18, runs off to find those disciples that had been on the hill and says to them, I have seen the Lord and he has told me something. So I say to you on this Easter Sunday morning, this resurrected Sunday morning, what is it that you've been doubtful about? What is it that you miss in your resurrected journey? What is it that you miss knowing that Jesus has atoned for your sins? On Good Friday, we had an experience here. We had a cross, and we were able to put on the cross with a nail the sin that separates us from Jesus Christ. And then at the close of the service, the cross was great. The lights were extinguished. And the sanctuary was without light. Basically, to give us the feeling of the moment in the cross. By the time we got over to the United Methodist Temple, it was then 3 o'clock. And some of you were wondering, why do the movie of the Passion of Christ on Good Friday at 3 o'clock? Well, it was done for that reason as a symbolic, reflective moment. Because guess what? Jesus died on the cross at 3 o'clock. He said with his breath, it is finished. And we watched the movie together. We dialogued together. We experienced 
the breakdown of some walls that had been going on and on for a while. Because the passion of Christ, the experience of knowing that he suffered, bled, and died for our sins, was brought into a new life across the face of people who didn't necessarily know each other. So I say to you this morning, seeing is believing. Recognize that Mary had a first-hand experience. But in the 21st century, with the Holy Spirit's presence, we get first-hand experiences all the time. There are miracles right here that have been dutiful and doubtful, but then they are decidedly in favor of knowing what salvation is in their life. There are miracles right here that I've met along the way. I've seen them. I've experienced them. I don't doubt God. Did you? He was raised from the dead. That's scriptural. How do we know through our traditions, through the ability to reason, and through our life experiences? If I went around this whole room and heard each and every testimony, I can guarantee you the face of God will come up. We as a people don't live through what we live through without understanding the miracles are real. And the miracles are still present and accounted today. We serve a risen Savior. I can say hallelujah. I know that I know that I know. Seeing is believing. I heard a story about a young man. He was writing a note back then. And his mother said, excuse me, what is it that you're writing? He said, I'm writing about how I feel the love for my mama and dad when I hear the word of God. Every time I run across Christopher Hamlin, I can't say I get the first kiss because I know it ain't about what order I get my kiss. But the brother can give some kisses. And it was real funny. One day we were out in the lobby and a, and a man walked up and Christopher put his head down to the side. A sister walked past and he said, mmm, 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 mmm. There's something about the love of Jesus Christ. There's a genuineness. There's a caring and there's a loving and there's a nurturing. And you don't want to miss the fact that it comes. Because the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon, the great Easter gift of all Easter gifts, Jesus Christ rose early this morning. He got up and he said to the woman, why are you weeping? Why is it that you're weeping? Stop crying because the promises of Jesus Christ have been fulfilled. Do you know that Jesus for yourself? Have you felt a minute to your heart? Does he walk with you and talk with you and make a new way in your life? Turn things upside down. Move you in different places. Eradicate racism. Move things out to places. Open doors. Close windows. Change things around. Do you know him? 
I heard you. If you don't know him yet, there's room at the cross. Don't let the pretty thing fool you. Don't doubt God. Because what he said he would do, he did. What he says he will do, he keeps doing. What he's about, he's about full force. Because the love of Christ is so, 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 so special. He atoned for the sins that he did not commit. For your sins, for my sins, for the sins in the future, for the sins of the past. He has atoned so we could be made one with him. So we could be the legs and the eyes. When he left and descended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to work on our hearts. To move us to higher levels to be the servant he's called us to be. Do you know that? If you don't, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. It's not too late. If you ascend and falling short, your sin is already on the cross. Take the time now. If you're operating out here on your own decisions and your own will and your own operating truth, I highly recommend Grace is covering you, but don't live on cheap grace. Come on in. Get to know them. Let them love you. Walk it out with them. There's none like them. Weeping may endure some but joy comes in the morning. You can't get the Resurrection Sunday if you haven't understood Good Friday. You may be down. You may be out. You may be on the cross. But today is a resurrected day. What a mighty God we serve. Will you stand with me as the doors of the church are open and sing, He lives. He lives. He lives this day. If you don't know Him, but you want to know him. Step into the eye. We had this worship just for you. Step into the eye. If you've been a member in the past, if something happened, this is still your day. The doors of the church are open. Will you come? Will you recommit? This is your day. The doors of the church are open. Let the rose of Sharon show you some love. Let the lily of the valley be your heart experience. He lives. The doors of the church are open.